Welcome to StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. This is going to be a busy, exciting, fun show. We've got a great guest, Dr. Tachi, the host of Mediascope, is going to talk about new technology. She's going to talk about how she's been doing her video production for live streaming using StreamYard, using other tools, also uh, some of the new technology she has, and five years of Mediascope. It's been a great show. We can't wait to talk to her, but let's get right to the big news. There is mobile hosting, and we're going to get into it. Uh, Gage made the announcement. Uh, Gage Vandentop, the CEO of StreamYard, made the announcement on the town hall, and it went something like this. Mobile hosting. So uh, this is a big one. I'm guessing a lot of you are probably very excited. I think um, it was a while ago that we actually did the um, the poll asking people what the, the top feature was that they wanted. But I think it was about six months ago. But six months ago, mobile hosting was uh, was the number one request. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are if you guys are looking forward to that, let us know. So that is it. We have mobile hosting. We'll get into that more in just a moment. Uh, StreamYard, of course, the three pillars. You see the co-founders there, Gage Vandentop, who you just heard from on the left, Dan Briggs on the right. It's ease of use, stability, and professional-looking streams. I think you're going to find the three updates that came out just in the last few days are going to be very consistent with these three pillars that kind of govern everything that StreamYard does. Uh, destinations. You can go to Facebook Live. You can go to LinkedIn Live. You can go to YouTube, Periscope, which gets you on Twitter and to your Twitch channel. And if that's not enough, you can also use RTMP to go to uh, destinations that don't have a built-in integration. It's actually very easy. You just add a stream key URL from the destination. You put that into StreamYard, and you can make your connection. There is mobile hosting now available but first let's talk about the destinations in another context there's multi-streaming right within Streamyard. you don't have to download anything you don't have to connect anywhere you just select your destinations uh, from among the five destinations or you can also choose rtmp as one of your destinations if you are on the pro plan on the basic plan you get a choice of two destinations you get a choice of five destinations on the pro plan. Basic plan is two destinations. And, of course, green screen. I am using a green screen uh, for my studio look, my set, and you can use a green screen on any of the plans. I believe you can use it on the free plan as well, which you can use mobile hosting too. And a lot of great features, but let's get right to the big news, StreamYard mobile hosting is live. You can host your show from your phone or your iPad or your tablets. You use the native mobile browser, and what that means is if you're on an iPhone or you're on an iPad, you'll use Safari. If you're on an Android, you'll use the native Android mobile browser. And you go to the, you go to StreamYard.com just as you would on a desktop. It's really... Uh, very familiar, the interface, and yet it's different. It's really amazing how well-designed it is and how good the experience is. As a user, you're able to get to take advantage of all the features that StreamYard has that you could take advantage of from hosting on a desktop. You can now take advantage of all those features 
hosting from a mobile phone or a tablet. And in addition to that, you now are freed up to go live anywhere you have a cell connection. If your mobile device has a cell service or you can use Wi-Fi, uh, as they note here, it's best to be close to your router. And in testing it out yesterday, I found it's also good if you're using a, a wire and the dongle isn't completely stable that you're plugging in. You may want to stay closer to the phone, the more wire movement uh, that can impact the audio, but a lot to talk about with this, and uh, I'm just so excited, and I love this update, and I, I think why it's so great right now is, if you saw the Apple uh, keynote the other day, they talked about how they want your experience to feel integrated when you go from one platform to another, when you go from a phone to a computer to a tablet, and what this does, this this amazing update from StreamYard, it gives you the ability to create a show with the same look, the same assets, the same branding, the same layout on screen that you could create from desktop, but do it on your mobile device. And it's really, really well done. Now, you create your broadcast as you would on a computer, and you allow StreamYard access to your camera and microphone you can uh, edit your display name, and in you go into the studio. Now, a word about the microphone when I was testing it out yesterday. It turns out Safari does not let you co connect an external microphone, or at least not most external microphones, and it doesn't work with audio interfaces. So uh, I have headphones that I use like this, and they plug in to the lightning port, and they've got a little microphone on them. Of course, you can use earbuds or um, Air AirPods or anything like that would be a great, great solution uh, for live streaming from mobile with StreamYard. Uh, but that's that's one limitation of the Safari browser. But it's not much, and it sounds good, and it works well using earbuds, using AirPods. I, I've heard a few people who were uh, either when they were guests from mobile or when they were hosting from mobile, and they were able to get pretty good audio. So you allow your camera and your microphone both built into uh, the computer, into your phone, rather, and you allow those, and you can go live. Uh, you can check your mic and camera using the settings wheel. Again, very familiar look to what you would see on desktop. You can edit your display name. And, of course, most people are going to, at this point, switch it to landscape so that they fill the the screen or they fill the box that they're going to be in. However, just take a look. Uh, it's really a beautiful layout. Even if you decide to use vertical and allow those bars on the side, you can see your comments, your banners, your brand are right there. You can see the comments coming up. You have your options for your settings. And to hit record in this case, uh, you know, you could also go live. I just did a, a record only to test it out. Um, and so we flip it to landscape mode and we see that it lines up much like the desktop 
the comments, banners, and brands line up on the right side of the screen. Uh, the difference is you tap on the tab rather than click on uh, so on the different tabs on the sidebar. They're right above, and you get most of the same features right in there. The rest you'll get in the StreamYard menus. You can select your brand. So for this show, I would select StreamYard Connect, and you can click uh, you can click more at the bottom. Uh, as you notice there, you can click more at the bottom of the screen. And that can give you where you'd find the layout. So the layout, you wouldn't change the layout when on the same screen that you're seeing your video monitors and you're producing the show, you would go into a layout menu. And this is just because there's only so much you can get on the screen. But it really is uh, a beautiful way to produce from mobile without a lot of friction. And you have all the same choices for instance you have the choice that i'm using right now if i were doing it from mobile instead of clicking on my mouse below the monitor i go into this menu and uh, i touch the layout that i want you x out of it you come back now there's another cool feature that i discovered while i was playing around in mobile i'm not actually sure when exactly it was released but you can now rearrange the banners. So you can, whenever you have a new guest, you have a new show, uh, and you want to get the banners in a certain order, but you want to use some of the ones you've had before while adding some new ones, you can now move the banners up and down. Basically, on mobile, you'll see there's six little dots on the left side. You see where the circle is if you're... uh, watching the video, and you can basically slide that up or down to reposition that banner. And if you're on, if you're on desktop, I believe you won't, you won't see that, but you just click your mouse on it and then slide it up or down. But that is uh, a cool change. And, of course, if you want to edit the banner, there's the three-dot little uh icon on the right side so the left side is to move it up and down the right side is to open it up and edit it just as you would on desktop so inside the studio there's also another change which lets you edit the guest names you click on the three dots where your window is or the guest window is and you can go in and you can edit those uh the guest name, and you can make some other changes in there. You can edit your avatar as you could before. You can also stop your mic and camera from using that menu. Gage and Dan talked a little bit about how uh, people may use the guest names feature. Before, if you ever wanted to edit, um, well, first of all, if you wanted to edit your guest name, you couldn't. They would have to refresh the page and then re-enter their name, but now you have full control at the bottom, there's three dots. And if you click those dots, there's an option to edit the name. So if um, if you need to quickly help a guest out because maybe they have a typo or you're just not happy with what they decided to call themselves, uh, they also have the the option to edit it too, though, right, Dan? So it could be kind of a bit of a battle between you two, I guess. If, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't trust your guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're kind of out of luck anyways if you can't... Uh, can't depend on them to let you <laughs> choose the name. So yeah, and you can edit like if you're the host, you can also edit your own name. I know that's useful for people. Like they get in here and then, oh, I gotta refresh to edit it. 
So yeah, you can edit your own. Your guests can edit your own, and you can also edit your guests' names. So the three new features, we have mobile hosting. We have the ability to rearrange banners, and you can also edit guest names within the studio. You don't have to go out and refresh. Thanks to Gage and Dan, the co-founders, for updating us. You can catch them on the town hall every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, on Facebook Live and YouTube Live and all across social media one news item to mention because it's kind of a big one uh for a while there's a lot of discussion mixer is going to challenge twitch twitch versus mixer well clearly twitch has won that battle because microsoft is shutting down mixer um there's some talk about an integration with facebook essentially i think microsoft is just basically offloading its users, uh, helping them find the smooth landing with Facebook, although Facebook and Microsoft do have some type of gaming collaboration going on with Xbox. As I always throw in the caveat here, I'm not a gamer, uh, but this is important news for live streaming because a lot of times what starts with gaming doesn't end with gaming, but it seeps into all the other types of live streaming. So Microsoft doesn't make it happen with Mixer, but they continue to be a player, certainly in the live video world, because they are uh, not only owners of gaming products like Xbox, but they also own LinkedIn Live, which has, uh, you know, they own LinkedIn, which has LinkedIn Live. And so they remain in the game for uh live streaming at this time so i'm ross brand this is Streamyard connect so glad to have you with us today it's an exciting day with all these new features for Streamyard, and it's also exciting because we have a wonderful guest today joining us from mediascope it's dr tachi all things media tech and pop culture she's been doing it for five years she's the co-host of TV channeling podcast, uh, a media scholar, a journalist, a professor, a live streaming consultant, social media aficionado. She's got a PhD in communications and culture from Howard University and is also the co-host of And We're Live, which I believe she and MC Curtis, our friend Curtis Brooks, are still doing at this time. Dr. Tachi, Welcome. StreamYard Connect. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I feel like a celebrity. Thank you so much for having me on. (laughs) Well, it's so great to have you on the show, and there's so much we can talk about with everything going on. Let's start with Mediascope. It's been almost five years. You're coming up on your five-year anniversary. Tell everybody a little bit about how the show's progressed over the years and uh, what it means to reach this this five-year anniversary. Wow. Five years is huge. It's like you do things. I know you're, you know about this. You just do it and you don't think about it. And then you're like, well, damn, it's been five years. So actually July 29th, 2015, we started and it started just as I knew I wanted to go live because there was the proliferation of all these fantastic live streaming products like 
meerkat back in the day and then periscope came so i said oh well i need to be on this and i need to find a way but i didn't think it was advantageous to just jump on and do what the hell ever so i said i'm going to watch and wait and see where i'm needed in the space and where i can fill in gaps whether it's knowledge gaps entertainment gaps and i said well wait a minute this is what i teach this is what I'm going to do. So that's how it came about five years ago. And we talk all about media tech and pop culture news. And it's a lot of fun, as you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you don't hesitate to tackle tough topics. Uh, you don't hesitate to roast celebrities when they deserve it. <laughs> and you certainly stay on top of, you know, technology with, with live streaming. And I, I want to talk to you a little bit as we move on. Yeah. about the ATEM Mini Pro, which is a hardware switcher and streaming device yes. um, that, to me, is fascinating. And I've been kind of obsessed with it since I found out about it. And I, yeah. I'm trying to get a hold of one. And much like webcams and some other products, they're impossible to track down at this time. But uh, before we, we, we do that, tell us about the yeah. other shows that you do. You're a podcaster. You... Uh, you do radio, you do a bunch of different things. Tell everybody a, a little bit about your other projects. Absolutely. So I have a podcast with a friend out in LA called TV Channeling. And we do TV reviews and talk about TV, film, and entertainment news and some other things. Because both of us were raised by television. We're, and so <laughs> we really were. It's like I have a picture of when I was little, it was my sister and I. And, you know, I was four and she was two, and our arms are around each other. But we weren't looking at the camera. We were looking off to the side. And I realized, oh, we're looking at the TV. That's how. We can't even stop watching TV to take a proper picture. That's how much I love TV. <laughs> so, yeah, we do that. And that's a weekly show that we do um, on all live stream, live stream platforms, plus on WJMSradio.com, which is the cool thing uh, that also Mediascope is on. So you get to hear the audio side of me. Well, working in broadcasting, I was lucky because there was always a TV in the office or in the you know, the the department or whatever. And right. you could always gather around the TV when there's some big news happening or just to keep up with what you need to follow. And it was kind of weird going to a job where there was no TV. In the, like, what is going on here? I, <laughs> I mean, let let me live? tell you. How do people live like this? <laughs> uh, let me tell you. When I was uh, at full time at the university I was at, I had... Well, not a TV in my office, but I always made sure that I was watching YouTube or something on my computer. So somebody walked in, there was always something going, music and TV. So, right, right. yeah. And sometimes both at the same time, both right? The, the TV's oh, on perfect. mute and, you know, the music's going. And, exactly. Uh, you know, you, <laughs> occasionally we would actually listen to the station that we were working for, but often we were listening to something else. <laughs> something <as well>. else. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so from a point of view of somebody who's a professor who's doing a whole bunch of different uh, different types of content and you're uh, really you've studied it and you're doing it and you're living it and you're teaching it. Where are we going with live streaming? Where are we going big picture with uh, online audio and video? If you look at the, you know, from a from a high level view, where do you see? the trends going what do you think this time that we're living in now means in the in the bigger picture 
This time that we're living in now, unfortunately, COVID-19 has a lot to do with what we're seeing in terms of the proliferation of live video. And that's because people can't get together to do anything else. So live video really has taken a front seat because of that. Now, that doesn't mean it wasn't going to. I just think that the pace is hastened now because people have to use it. And so there's this rush to, to need to know to use it. But the interesting thing is those of us who had already been the, in the game, those of us who already knew the value are now the ones teaching and in demand for these types of things. So I, I just think it's going to continue. On. We don't know when what's happening is going to, to cease for the foreseeable future. This is, this is life. And I Hey, I'm saying that this is going to be life even without a COVID-19, right? Without right. anything. I think we've all become so used to being able to have a television studio at our fingertips that we like this. It's cheaper to produce, right? The, the barrier to entry is low. So I think in terms of trends, this is just going to get bigger and bigger. And in fact, the new fronts are happening now, which is the uh, basically... The, uh, digital, the digital space. So the upfronts is for mm -hmm. the linear television space. And that's right. where advertisers find what shows they want to put their advertising in front of. And voila, that's where we're buying ad time. Well, the new fronts is for the digital space. So it's, it's, uh, ironic that all of this is happening now. And then the new fronts are here. So I just think that live video is going to increase in terms of its relevance. Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, there's no going back, right? I, I know so many people who uh, swore they would never do this. They didn't understand why you do this. They, they didn't want to be out in public. They were scared of being on video. Right. And now they've had to do Zoom meetings and they've had to do client calls and sales calls and all the different things that you do, job applications through Zoom and, and, and interviews and such. And so many have come back and said, okay, all right, you're right. This is the future. Like, okay, how do we, what microphone do I get? What camera should I use? Let's set this up and do it right. And they're really starting almost from further along in their setup than when I started live streaming because in 2015, when I was doing Blab, it was just enough to press the button and go on. And if your content was okay, you had, you know, the ability to attract an audience and so forth. Now right. the bar is raised because people are using it for business. And you've always kind of had the feel of a bigger production. Like you talk about TV, you've always had a little more of a feel that it's not just you and it's not just a live stream, but it's a show. Talk about how you've been able to kind of create that feeling, that ambiance, that environment, whatever you want to call it, that, that sense for the, that experience. There's the word. Give me yeah. enough time. I'll come up that experience <laughs> with the word for the experience for the viewer. See, if I just ask a quick question, it would be much easier. So how do you produce your show, Dodgy? There we go. Five years later. No, right. actually, you know, <laughs> the I, I actually again, you know, this stuff is what I teach. So mm -hmm. I actually come from a television world right now. Right. I currently am the director for a talk show that we're um, actually shopping around for a home for. So I understand the nuances of, of, of TV and I come from a film background as well. So film right. first, then into TV. So I always had the kind of structure of what 
a half hour show is, of what an hour show is, you know, mm-hmm. what a film is. So that's kind of what I went into this with understanding and realizing that this is slightly different that there is now the interactive aspect of it, but I love people. So that was never a problem. So initially, um, I don't know if you remember, but I was using two devices before we had the option to use any encoders. I had an iPad and my phone and I would just, and I would be on Periscope and Meerkat. And then when Facebook live came, I would do Facebook live separately. So I basically did my broadcast twice. Right. For two audiences and then one. And I would just look back and forth. Oh, what's that, Bob? You say that? Yeah, I agree. And I would just, I became the expert <laughs> at looking back and forth at, at, at devices because I didn't want anyone and I never want anyone to feel like they are being ignored. You're coming into my home. You're coming into mm-hmm. the studio and I invite you here every week. Why would I not talk to you? And I think that's the thing about live stream that some people get wrong. If I just want to see you talk, I can watch TV, damn it. Mm-hmm. If you're come if I'm having you come into a live stream, that's because I've invited you here. That's like having a dinner party and just eating and not talking to the people who came to the dinner party. Who party? Who does that? So right, right. yeah, I know that was a different thing, but whatever, I added it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question was so good, you could go so many different ways with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so now as as a host, um, you brought on a producer. We mm-hmm. we love the job that uh, MC Curtis yeah. <laughs> does, Curtis Brooks Productions. Yeah, um, shout out. And that's, that's given you the ability not only to have some banter with him and have somebody to play off of and feel like you're speaking to, even as the audience is coming and going, that feels like it's a consistent conversation always. You're not as maybe distracted by the chat when it's not time to talk to the chat, but you're... You're always on the chat and, you know, Curtis provides, obviously he's great with getting different, different aspects of the visual side going while you're talking, but how do you follow the chat? I mean, obviously it comes into all of our dashboards. If we're using StreamYard or if you're on a platform directly, you can see the chat scrolling by, but how, how do you position your computer or your setup? Like, how do you do that so that you seem like you're always looking at the viewer through looking at the camera while you're still able to see who comes in and acknowledge them as they, as they become a part of the conversation when it's appropriate. That's an excellent question. Well, the two device setup, I always had to look at the comments to acknowledge. So I was already used to that. In fact, I don't even look at the chat in StreamYard because I was already used to looking natively in the platforms. And it was, all after, oh, yeah, that's right. It populates here. So right, I don't right. even look at that. I just open all the tabs for the we're on um, three different, well, four, but three that I can physically see at the same time. So I just have them all open and I switch in between. And you, that's when you'll hear me say, let's go to the room. And I do that periodically and I go through the thing. So in between talking about stories. We go to the room, laugh and play, banter a little bit, and then go back to stories. So I just have the tabs open on my computer. It's good to see a lot of friends here and, and some new viewers as well. People from all around the world. Paul Ash is here. Uh, Roe is here from Audio Olympics, which I'm going to follow. Chris Curran is putting on an audio competition. Nancy Ooh. is here. Great to see you. She says, Gage and Dan, brilliant additions here. Thank you. Uh, Bobby Stamps is here. Andrea is here. James, thank you all for being a part of it. I want to bring in a question from Paul Ash. 
Do you think panel shows, which are huge in the U.K., will catch on more in North America because of the ease of production in the COVID times? Mm, That's an excellent question. I think, yeah, and you're absolutely right. They're huge in the U.K. They're moderately popular here, but not as Mm -hmm. popular as in Europe, uh, obviously. I, I think that... It just really depends because we are, and I think this is everyone, but I think Mm -hmm. especially in this country, we like to be captured at every moment. We can't have downtime. And if the topic is interesting enough, I think that panel shows can work very well. Uh, But sometimes I think what's going to happen a little bit is we may get a little bit of panel fatigue because of having to do this all the time you know, needing to do this all the time. And then um, also sometimes uh, there've been a lot of interesting topics, but some are just, they're just topics. They're just there. So I think it depends on, on the topic, how interesting they are and how much you mix it up because it can't just be switching back and forth between people. There needs to be other, there need to be other things going on in my opinion, you know, some, some graphics, some uh, maybe some video to kind of break Mm -hmm. up the monotony of the talking heads. So, yeah, that's what I think. Well, I'm curious to know what people think. Would you like sometimes, usually we do news in the beginning, we talk about the new features, and then we go to a single guest. Would you like us to do here on StreamYard Connect some panels instead? Take a topic and bring three or four people on to speak to it and get a variety of opinions and a variety of views, maybe even foster a little debate about issues going on in the industry, production techniques, features to use, how to go about hosting a show. Obviously, there's a lot of people in our StreamYard community and who are StreamYard users who have a lot to say on these different issues. So let me know if you like the idea of bringing panels in on occasional on occasion or more frequently as uh, part of the show beauty bubble tv says we love panels uh uh there was another comment here that uh oh i find interactive games fun your thoughts have you done any game show type shows or interactive games with your with mediascope or any of your other shows no, but it's funny that you say that. I so want to do um, an interactive game type thing periodically. I would love to do that and have prizes. I think that could work really well. So I, I love the idea. It, obviously, it takes some organizing to make it work, but I love the idea. And Ross, yes, I think you should do some panels more often. Okay. That would be awesome. Okay, that sounds like fun. I, I love that. Um James asked, do you remove and add people from the stream to keep the desktop more focused? And let me add to that. Do you often do shows where you have different guests for different segments uh, within the same show? Or is it primarily one guest for their segment during the show, if that makes sense? Yes, it does. So I haven't done it where I do segments and then bring on the guest. That is something that I'm looking at doing because, you know, sometimes people can't spend a whole hour with me, but they could spend, you know, maybe 15 minutes or half an hour. So that's definitely something to think about. The way the format works now for Mediascope is whoever comes on, whether it's a panel of people, which I've had before, or whether it's one person, they are my co-host or co-hosts for the hour. And then we just go back and forth. I 
interview them first, right? And we talk about whatever the topic is going to be. And then we, if we, we have time, we'll do a couple of stories and I'll get their thoughts on those. Wow. So yeah. that's a, that's a great way to do it. And that person becomes a co-host, but you still run. I like how you still run the show where you're, 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 you know, you're the quarterback of the team, so to speak. Um, and that, that works well because sometimes people get so into the sort of like, this is my co-host for the show, that the show loses focus because it becomes just a free-flowing conversation, which is good in parts, mm-hmm. but you also keep it very much where you make sure that you hit those those topics each, each show. Um, how do you go about prepping for a show? How do you go about, because that's a big part of your production, you obviously can't have graphics set up unless you know, have some idea of what you want to talk about. Um, you, you can't shape the stories and the hit list, so to speak, unless you know ahead of time what you want to talk about. How do you go about selecting topics or prepping for, for a show? Ooh, wow. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And if you uh, what, watch a lot of TV, it's probably right there in front of you on the news every day, right? <laughs> yeah, no, well, exactly, exactly. So no joke. I have the TV is usually always on unless I'm doing something like this. And I have uh, subscriptions. I get email newsletters from about, I I want to say it's almost 100 publications that comes to my inbox. And that's how I go through and pick the stories. And it's all, it's tech, it's media, and it's pop culture. So things like the Hollywood Reporter for pop culture and, you know, and film and stuff. Uh, Also the rap, also TechCrunch, The Verge, you know. So I I get the gamut of everything and I go through. And what I find is like, okay, for tech, obviously, uh, a lot of the same stories, you know, the big stories will be across the board. So then that's how I know, okay, this is something I should probably talk about. But then there are some things that are like extensions of things that are interesting, but may not be to, you know, in my opinion, as interesting to the audience. So those mm-hmm. are the things that I will post on social media as extensions. So people who follow me on uh, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you'll find those stories there as extensions. Or also um, I'll use Anchor, the, the app Anchor or Lemur, and I'll do those stories there. And then the main stories will be in the larger Mediascope show. I got to put this comment up. Chris Rossetti says, Ross, if you're on mobile, change your guest name to Her Royal Highness, the Queen of Livestream <laughs> Media, Dr. Tachi. You know, I could do that on I could do that on desktop as well. But um, I, I think for just for space and brevity, we'll stick with Dr. Tachi. But it's understood <laughs> that she is obviously worthy of that honor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I bow very deeply and humbly. <laughs> Let's get to some technology before we get into the atem mini from black magic okay. which is phenomenal i want to talk about a few things that you can do without uh needing to make much of an investment and you've been doing these short mediascope recorded video segments yeah. and i want to play just a clip from one i think they're really really good so sure. if you don't mind let me just uh find a clip that i have here And I have it right here because it's labeled Dr. Tachi clip broadcast in front of an open window that will give you some really good light and natural light is beautiful, right? It will give you some really good light and allow you to get your message out there and for you to be seen. 
Well, I mean, that was really, really well said because we all may have the possibility of using a window no matter what lighting we have. But also watching that whole clip, I mean, lighting is complicated and you can be doing this for a while. And it's one of those areas um, you don't even really realize how important it is until you start focusing on it more and more. And then you realize, wow, now I'm noticing subtle things that people are doing that I... I didn't even know they were doing, but it distinguishes one, the ple- the pleasantness, the the uh, attraction to one one video window versus another, one show versus another. Talk a little bit about you know some basics of lighting that anybody could do really uh, in order to upgrade their set because when you're using webcams in particular, but with any camera, lighting's a big part of having yeah, having yeah. a successful high quality video. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people are like, oh well I need to get some uh five inch Fresnels which is like theater lighting and no, you don't. Right. I, I think A my thing is like just start where you are. And if that means you don't have any other lights except an open window, then guess what? That's going to be where you start. Start where you are because if you'll be making excuses till the next millennium as to why you cannot do your video because of lights. You've got mm-hmm. natural light, right? So that's one thing. Number two, you can also employ your local hardware store. They, they What I should have done is brought all of these different lights. But they mm-hmm. have the aluminum scoop lights or the aluminum work lights, which are like $9 each. If you and they clip to different things. If you get three of those, you can do what's called three-point lighting, where you have uh, your main light or your key, which illuminates, illuminates one side of your face. The fill then fills in the shadows on this side, 45 degrees to the front of you, right, on either side. And then what you want to do is you can use a third if you want to give yourself some backlight. And what backlighting does is separates you from the background so you don't look flat, especially if you're forced to be up against a wall. So it can be overhead, right? Over, you can take that backlight and put it overhead, clip it to anything. And that's a basic setup. So for $18 and the cost mm-hmm. of some nice daylight bulbs, you've got a little bit of a lighting setup. Then once you can improve and get more, but those were, I still use those lights, even though I have professional film lights. Right, right. And how how do you decide to set your light? Like, because uh, some of them have, they, you can set the temperature, you can set the intensity. Mm-hmm. How do you know, like, what time of day to set the uh, the temperature to or when, or it's all based on the mood you want to create for your video? Yeah, that, that's part of it, too. I, I think you have to be careful of too much or too little light. And it is the mm-hmm. mood that you're trying to create. If you're if you're talking about something and this is going to be, you know, that's a little more serious all the time and it's not talking head. Maybe right. you want to think about having it a little dimmer. If it's like a, 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 a relaxing scope, you don't want this big, bright <laughs> uh, Kmart special light. You don't need right, that. Right. <laughs> right. So it depends on what you're talking about and the mood of your show. Definitely. It depends on skin tone. Right. Mm-hmm. I. I if I use too much light, I am not Halle Berry's color, but I will be Halle Berry's color if I end up using too much light. <laughs> so you have to be careful of that, that you don't get that boiled chicken look. 
Okay, so make sure and it, the only way you know is to play, keep your put your camera on and monitor and play around with the lights. The color uh, the color temperature is the uh the lighting from and then measured in Kelvin. So you've got like a bright white daylight all the way to an amber, right? Which gives you a little more yellowish. So you just have to play around and same thing with if you have guests and you happen to be in a studio, you have to play around and see what works well and then see, all right. These settings tend to work well. Another thing, though, um, if you're in your home, I have a lot of windows. This house is entirely windows. So I get a lot of light. And I'm going to get some blackout curtains, but I don't have them yet. So what happens is even if I close the the sh uh, shades or the curtains, you still get light that comes through and light changes. So the light shifting affects your light. So mm -hmm. if it gets dark outside as it is now, I'll be way brighter and I'll have to adjust. So think about that as well. There are a lot of considerations with light. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to what I think is the most exciting new device in terms of hardware <laughs> in a long time. You, you didn't wait very long. You jumped right on it. It's the ATEM <laughs> Mini Pro. There's both yes. a Mini and a Pro. Yes. And essentially... For the price of a couple of capture cards, you get something that you can plug four HDMI cameras into. You can send your audio and mix it through. Wow. <laughs> and, it's, and, and you can throw it in a, in a backpack and take it with you. Oh, and, my goodness. <laughs> it is so, so I mean, light. It's, and, and here's the thing. There is a Blackmagic switcher that costs over $1,000 that doesn't do anything more than this does. So I know everybody who got that is hella mad right now because this <laughs> does the same thing for like half the cost. It, it's absolutely amazing. It is. Um, and I've, I've ordered one and I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to one day receiving it. <laughs> it's been months. Um, and what's cool is you can use it with StreamYard, whatever your favorite uh, production platform is, essentially, instead of plugging, if you want to use multiple cameras, either in your, your home studio or if you're out in the field, you plug it right into the device. Let me uh, put you on solo for a second oh, just okay. so people can see there. Uh, you have those four HDMI connections. Mm-hmm. And yeah, considering one, two, three, that four. capture cards run between 150 and four hundred dollars, right. you get essentially the ability to convert four uh, HDMI capable cameras, exactly. mirrorless cameras, camcorders, little action cams, any exactly. camera uh, DSLRs that even even advanced point and shoots that have an HDMI connection, you can set up a multi-camera shoot. And then basically you're doing all your switching on the hardware. So you're not yes. overloading your computer. And then that all comes into StreamYard, for example, as mm -hmm. a webcam. Mm -hmm. And then you do everything else that you would normally do in StreamYard if you came in with one camera. You, exactly. you bring your guest in, you, 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 know, you change layouts, you do all these the same, you can do all the same things. Uh, but you get to go from one camera to another without killing your computer by, you know, having all these HDMI connections running. Exactly. If if I can show, so this is an sure. example of um, a capture card. I have two actually. 
capture cards. So they're both by Elgato. This is the Cam Link, right? Which is um, you can't find any of these now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so the social media and live stream gods were just smiling on me. What? So I've had this since last year, and this is a lot of gamers use capture cards because what it does is, as Ross was explaining, it turns your camera, whether it's a a um, DSLR, a mirrorless, or a camcorder into a webcam, uh, into a signal that your computer could use. Like you can't just plug in a computer without some sort of interface. So I had this. This is okay. It doesn't really like my, uh, I use a, a Panasonic GH4, which I'll show you. This is my baby. I've shot documentaries and stuff with this. So that's what I use. And I wanted to be able to turn it into a webcam. I'm not, obviously I'm using a regular webcam Mm -hmm. now. So I had, you know, like you jumped all over this and I'm like, well, (laughs) when is it coming? Nobody had any answers. So I said, all right, well, let me try another capture card to see if I could do that. And then in the midst, this came. So, yeah, so these are devices that you can use to actually uh, turn your camera into a webcam. But like Ross said, if you're going to spend that kind of money, why not just wait and get the ATEM Mini Pro? And what made you decide to get the Pro versus the ATEM Mini? Was it the ability to stream right from the device if needed? Or was it mm-hmm. st- some other feature of it that also... Yeah, the encoder, the 4K, the um, A10 Mini doesn't do 4K. This does. Uh, so that that those were my major motivations. And then, you know, I knew that uh, you know, MC Curtis and I are doing a lot of produ- live stream production for people. Right. And a lot of these individuals happen to be where I live in South Florida. So when we finally do get, are able to get back together with people, I know that I can go on site and produce without you know too much wahala as we say in nigeria (laughs) (laughs) so tell us a little bit about tv channeling your your other show we didn't really talk about that we've been talking about mediascope uh tell us a little bit about tv channeling Absolutely. Um, so TV channeling is the podcast, as I said, and we're on every major podcasting platform. And that grew, as, as I said, out of our love of television. And Kevin and I, who was my co-host, I actually met him on Anchor. And we had back in Anchor 1.0 days where you could actually talk back and forth. And it was more <laughs> of a social audio app than a podcasting app. We formed a relationship over TV. So he asked a question and I think we were up till like four o'clock in the morning, all of us talking about all of that. So I said, you know what? I wonder if he would want to do a podcast. So I said, Hey, you can say no if you want, but he's like, do I? Absolutely. So this is year four for TV channeling and um, in November, it will be year four that we've been doing that. And it's been, it has been a ride to it, it, just with like um, Mediascope and then, and we're right. live in this discovering what equipment works, discovering what platforms work because, you know, he's in LA and I'm here. So we mm-hmm. had to find a, a way to do it. So that it was simultaneous. We tried the recording separately on, um, you know, via, uh, and then putting these together in audacity that right. failed. We tried a couple of other platforms that were long distance and we always experienced audio drift 
forget that. We it right. was just crazy until we found the the finally found the one we're on now. I don't know if you want me to say it. I won't if you don't want me to. Squadcast. But, Squadcast. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, okay. we're, we're using um, Zencaster. Oh, Zencaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, both of those I've heard good things about. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Zencaster has been... No, no, no. Sorry. Is it Zencaster? No. Zencaster gave us problems. So we're now on um, Cast. Oh, okay. Cast. Yeah, that's one that we found about, out about, and we've been on it for a year. No audio drift. So... Now, I actually record if when I'm doing an audio only podcast, which isn't that often, but when I do one, um, first of all, it's refreshing to not have like all the other things. I don't where I know we're on a video platform, but I use StreamYard to record my two. Well, what I do oh, is I connect. and then you just download the audio. That's one way I do it, but I also record my audio locally into uh, a hardware recorder. So it goes right from my mic, but I'm still getting the video, which I can then use for promos or a YouTube clip. Um, and, and my guest can record on their end if they want to, or I just take, you know, coming through StreamYard's processing, which is still really pretty good. I mean, to mm. be able to use that. But, I, but that's what I'm seeing more and more people doing that because they want to have that video with it and so even when i do an audio what's essentially an audio only podcast i still turn the camera on and record so that i can put a video clip on instagram or rather than just like an audiogram i have that video or if i find there's like a nice three minute clip for youtube or something like that um so i i actually use Streamyard for for uh recording the podcast and you get the you can download the mp3 and you can download the mp4 and then if I need to, I have the backup recording on my, my hardware recorder. Ah, okay, okay. That's, I'm going to try know, if you... <laughs> absolutely, because, you know, you have all these tools and you just get used to one way of doing it. I didn't even think about using that for, uh, for podcasting, but it's possible. So, if any, yeah, it's a good backup to have. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Curtis Brooks is here. Good to see you, Curtis. What's up, MC? <laughs> the great producer of Mediascope. Brad Friedman asked, do you connect the ATEM Mini Pro to your computer and then connect your cameras to the ATEM Mini Pro? That would be the, the workflow. Yes, yes, absolutely. So it connects um, to your uh, computer and then you plug in via HDMI however many. You don't have to use four, but however many that you're going to uh, plug in. Now, one of the things that the A10 Mini didn't have is it didn't have the ability to have a multi-camera view on one of, on a on an external screen. So, with the A10 Mini Pro, you could actually look. You know, you if you wanted to produce sort of TV style, mm -hmm. you could actually look at what's going on in yes. each of the shots. Yes. If you were say taking it with you to produce a sporting event or something like that, and you, you know, okay, there's, let's go to this. Let's go to the coach celebrating. Let's go back to the end zone. And, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That, that, that is key. And that's why, you know, it's tempting to want to go with the older, the A10 mm -hmm. mini and, but you don't have the multi-camera view. You don't have the 4k there. There's some other things that are not there. So I'm like, well, rather than spend money on that, let me just, spend the money where they've made the improvements. And so far it's, it's very intuitive. I'm liking it. 
Gabrielle has a question or Gabriel has a question about DJing. Do you do any, have you done any DJing or? Okay. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, back in the day, <laughs> I was learning to DJ house okay. and drum and bass, but that I haven't in like since the early 2000s. Okay. So you might not know the answer to this, but I'll throw it out there just in case. Uh, okay. Any idea how to connect the StreamYard app to a DJ set for best sound? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. I'm not the one to to know that would know that i'm trying to think is there anybody we know that djs that uses the uh stream yard i think joe pardo might i'll check okay with him. okay yeah that's not my forte i wish i knew yeah but but now i need to know just because it was asked so i'm gonna find out <laughs> right right uh we have a question uh sarav asks how to make the most out of the background on Streamyard for your brand uh, there's several ways to do it. Uh, you can go with your, your natural environment if that works, or you can do a green screen, and then there's several different options on, on the green screen. Your, your thoughts as far as how to create a background that uh, enhances your brand? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, you know, you can do so. <laughs> MC Curtis knows this. Right, I have a right. love-hate relationship with green screen, and this is why. The people who know how to do green screen do it phenomenally well. The people who don't know how to do green screen do a piss-poor terrible job most of the time. <laughs> and it doesn't look good if you – and lighting is the key to green screen because mm -hmm. what's going to happen is you have this wonderful IKEA living room behind you, and then you look gray because you have not lit yourself properly, in which right. case I am really a fan of natural environment and setting with intention. You probably already have things in your home that could make a really nice set, plus your mm -hmm. branding little things, your little mugs or whatever. I would say do that because then, I mean, obviously, I green screen is cool because you can change things out digitally without too much problem. But I like the natural environment. And then when this is lit, right? like when I like people think of, like, are you using a green screen? No, it's my natural environment. So right, the right. key is, is lighting. I, I'm more of a fan of using, making a good set or using mm -hmm. your natural environment than I am of green screen. But hey, if you like green screen, you like it. I love it. Right, right. And and not everybody also has an area that some people want to maintain their privacy. They don't want to show their home office or their home. Correct. Other people want a perception that's different from the reality, right? Because we may be during COVID, we may be working in a, you know, a bedroom or a small office or something that may not match the professional image that we have. So you may want to. So there's exactly. a variety of reasons that people I've talked to have gone to green screens. And Correct. some just do it because it's fun and it makes them feel yeah. good to be in front of, you know, palm trees or a beach or something like that. It just. You know, it puts them in the exactly. mood of feeling relaxed when they're, right. they're broadcasting. And that's important. But people that's important. Are, you look good, though. You oh, see, you're doing you. your. You look good because you know how to do it. There's some <laughs> it, it, quick story. I we were uh, MC Curtis and I were working on um, a, a live stream, and they brought us in because the one that they did before didn't go so well. And what happened was, you had a bunch of people. And these were like leaders, and it was a serious topic. So you had one person who had on a suit and a bow tie. The background was the beach. <laughs> you live in Minnesota. 
I know you're not at the beach with a suit. And so it's, it's things like that that kind of can disrupt the flow of the information because everybody got and they did it via Zoom. Right. And everybody mm-hmm. gets on now. Oh, let me change it. There. I'm going to put my cat in the background. So everybody does what the hell they like. And it doesn't look good <laughs> for a professional, a professional live stream at all. So just well, you know, you got the person in the in the in the one of like the 10 people in the Zoom who hasn't been called on in a while or a chance to speak. Yes. And they change their background. Yes. Yes. I and they don't have a green screen. So they're like no, half exactly. at the beach and they're half. Fading out. I'll put Darth Vader in the background. That'll get their attention. So, Doctor Tachi, this has been a blast. It's so great to have you on. Tell everybody where they can find you and how you're going to be celebrating the fifth anniversary of Mediascope. So you can find me every Wednesday at that's actually tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time for Mediascope, all things media, tech, and pop culture. That's me and MC Curtis on Periscope, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, and WJMSRadio.com. Thursdays, most Thursdays we do, and we're live where we talk about video and live stream for your business and beyond. That's me and MC Curtis. Same platforms plus YouTube. Then you can listen on any of your favorite platforms to tvchanneling.com or any of your favorite platforms or wjmsradio.com on Tuesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. If you want to reach me via social, I like Instagram at Dr. Underscore Tachi or at Tachiata on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's great having you on. Thank you. That is Dr. Tachi. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And this is StreamYard Connect. We're here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Remember, we have mobile hosting now on StreamYard. You can go live from your mobile browser uh, and host your show from a mobile phone or a tablet. It's available on iOS and on Android And uh, some other new features we talked about. If you missed the beginning of the show, go back and catch the replay. Dr. Tachi was fantastic. Congratulations to her on five years of Mediascope and all the different good things she's doing across digital media. And thanks to everybody who joined us. 